Hey podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grab. You're about to listen to a conversation that Kaylin had with the interim president of Morris Brown, Dr. Kevin E. James, um, last week. And they touched on a lot of subjects. Uh, Dr. James is very forthright in his transparency about where Morris Brown is, where they're trying to go, things that they do well and things that they don't. So I think you'll really get a lot of a lot of perspective from this conversation and you'll learn a lot. So I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into our conversation, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. So let's go ahead and hop right into this. This is the HBCU grad experience and I'm here with my Special guest, um, the new new president of Morris Brown College, Mr. President James. Yes, Kevin James. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, man. How you feeling? Oh, I am feeling pr- pretty good. I'm still alive. <laughs> yes, you guys are. You guys are well and alive. You guys are breathing fresh air right now. Yes, sir. We are trying to, you know, breathe some, like you mentioned, fresh air into Morris Brown College and. Uh, I call it uh, the restoration of Morris Brown, the hard reset. Yes, it is very much needed. So I'm sure as everybody is wondering a little bit about you, you know, you just became the president effective March 1st. And, you know, I just wanted to give you a chance to let people know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, My name is Dr. Kevin James, originally from Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, I've been in Atlanta for about five years now. Uh, The oldest of five children uh, come from a family of educators. Uh, My parents uh, both were educators. My mother was a a teacher, school principal, school superintendent. My dad was a teacher. They're both retired now. And so I kind of was just, uh, I guess, born into a family of educators. And uh, in high school, I knew that I wanted to do everything except be a teacher (laughs) and so and so because again everyone in my family is an educator and so I said I want to do something different but fresh out of college guess what my first job was teaching (laughs) gotta start from somewhere (laughs) absolutely teaching and so uh, I actually taught at a non-traditional organization um, for a few years and I taught adult students and so it was there that I fell in love with 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 working with adults and uh, I guess the rest is history. And so I met my mentor, uh, one of my mentors. And at the time, he was a, a vice president of a local college. And, and, and I was so in awe of that. He was so young. And I, I was just so in awe of that. And he told me, he said, listen, I'm going to be one of the youngest college presidents in the nation. Oh, and wow. uh, he became one of the youngest college, college presidents in the nation at age 34. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to beat you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat that. <laughs> and, and, and so... Here I am at age 41. I, I, I didn't quite make the 34 age mark, but, but still an accomplishment. But I'm still but I'm still here at age 41. God works in his own time. And so, you know, yeah. that's a little bit about, you know, where I come from. Uh, personally, I love uh, I love riding my motorcycle. I love traveling. You know, I, I love the city of Atlanta. This is this is my new home. And so I'm going to put some deep roots here and uh, we'll see where God leads me. OK, OK, so. I think I, I think it was the quote that I saw from the Morris Brown chaplain. He was talking about why you were selected, and it was 
um, credit to your overall leadership skills. And, you know, you thought that you would be a great fit for the direction that the school is trying to go in. But I wanted to ask, what was the personal decision maker for you to um, choose to assume a position and become president? Sure. Well, I- I'll say this very bluntly and proudly. I feel like God sent me here. And I feel like it was my calling to come in and lend my leadership expertise, experience to restore the school. You know, we've been unaccredited since 2002, um, which is a feat in itself. And then another, I guess, uh, hurdle that we have to jump over. We just filed bankruptcy, $30 million bankruptcy, Chapter 11, just two or three years ago. And then another hurdle is we had to sell uh, major parcels of our land. And so, yeah. And so those those three uh, factors, most folks would run. (laughs) From, from, from a situation like that, but I'm running yeah. to the situation um, because, again, like I mentioned, I feel like God has, has given me um, uh, the skills to be able to overcome those, those those hurdles and to be able to restore the school. And so we are on track uh, of restoration of Morris Brown College. We just submitted um, the initial inquiry to start the process with the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools to start the accreditation process. And so we've started that uh, in addition to uh, major fundraising initiatives. And so we're currently working on raising dollars that we're going to need to be able to operate the school. And so we're we're currently working on that as well. So uh, keep your eyes open and watch out for little old Morris Brown. We're on, on the comeback. Oh, definitely. Yes. And it's it's finally time. I'm really to be honest, I'm really glad that you guys are really being able to make the strides you guys are making right now to ascend back to the level of prominence. You know, you guys once were on, you know, me and my childhood, um, I grew up as a military kid, but I know the HBCU representation that I saw in the media and stuff like that. In a, at least in the early 2000s, Morris Brown was really the face behind HBCU Life, HBCU Pride, all of that. And I and I fell in love with it. And it was just so heartbreaking. I, I know for me and a lot of other people to see Morris Brown start to just kind of wither away. So. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to say that. Um... You know, we, we are uh, the heartbeat of the AUC here in Atlanta. Yes. And not, not to mention our history, um, the fact that if you went to school in Atlanta, Georgia, between kindergarten and 12th grade, you were educated. Um, you had a teacher who was educated at Morris Brown College, you know. And so, you know, the, edu- the impact that we've had on the state of Georgia and, and in this country is phenomenal. And so you can you cannot do anything about our history. Um, of course, we had a, had a had a road bump there, but we're going to come back stronger than ever. And so uh, I, I look forward to getting all of the support from the community uh, to be able to rebound stronger. Okay, okay. Another thing that I definitely wanted to ask you was: I saw that one of the initiatives that you listed whenever you first assumed a role of president um, was establishing. Uh, a better relationship with the alumni. And I wanted to ask exactly how are the alumni responding um, to you assuming your position so far? Are they, 
you know, very, uh, are they positive about the direction that the school is going into? Yes, they are overwhelmingly positive and I've been received with nothing but love. Um, you know, I've started a major social media campaign. And so I, uh, deal with my alums on a daily basis. I'm, I told them I was going to be the most transparent president they've ever had. And so through my social media, everybody follow me, Dr. Kevin E. James. Um, you can see the day-to-day of what's going on here at Morris Brown College. And so I've been, I've been well-received. And as a matter of fact, I'll go on record to say that um, uh, we had our Founders Day last week um, with our alums, and we raised one of the highest uh, dollar amounts in recent history um, um, from our alumni giving. And so we were just last week able to raise about $250,000. And so I think that's a testament of, uh, of how I'm being received. Alums are, are really excited about the energy that's going on right now and, the, and my vision and, and the trajectory of where we're going with the school. That is good. And, that's really good to hear and i'm glad that you actually said that is because it's funny you um you mentioned that you were um you were running a social media campaign yourself and i had actually did a study on um, hbcus using social media as a marketing tool to attract students because i think that social media today is the biggest way for HBCU to attract students, market themselves, and be able to uphold their own image um, within people's eyes, controlling it themselves, which I think is really important. I was going to ask you as a follow-up question, how do you, how important do you think it is for not only HBCUs, but school presidents to also be at least moderately active on social media? Yeah, well, I, I don't. I think you need to be very aggressive on social media, not even moderate. And the reason why I say that is because you, in leadership, you go to where the people are, and where are the people? The people are on, online. <laughs> they use social media on a daily basis. It's attached to their hip. I mean, you, you have constant alarms going off with with people posting and different things, and you know, you pick your phone up and you read it immediately, right? So yeah. you go to where the people are. And a lot of individuals use social media. And so, um, you know, I haven't done any specific trainings on the best way to use social media. I really just kind of just uh, just use it, just be myself, <laughs> really, with regarding how I'm using it. But um, it, it's been very well received. And I think the most important thing that I've done where I've received the most uh, p- uh, positive feedback is the fact of my alums feel like I'm being so transparent with them regarding the moves that we're making, the, the, the wins that we're receiving, the losses, et cetera. And I'm doing it and being very transparent where they, it's like they're following a story. You know, I even had a few people inbox me and tell me that they've been studying how I've been using social media and that they're going to use it in their own businesses. And I'm like, Oh wow, that's phenomenal. You know? So social media is a very, very strong tool that all HBCU presidents and leaders should be utilizing. Okay. Yes, I'm glad. Wow. This this is perfect because I'm glad that this has been said. Is this should be a PSA? because I know a lot of a lot of institutions that are lacking currently on social media that it 
it's kind of scary is because that's where the like you said the new generation is clearly there all the time we're always on our phones so um and i and i agree i think that being transparent it definitely helps is because people being able to see the story as it develops right in their face it gives more of a intimate feeling between them and seeing the progression of you know the college we come to know and love so much absolutely yeah so um i definitely wanted to ask you know like you said back in 2002 was when the accreditation laws first happened so i wanted to ask exactly what all is affected when it comes to accreditation i know a lot of people don't have the best idea on um, the consequences and the different types of accreditation. So I was wondering if you can elaborate on that. Sure. Well, you know, one thing that I, I want to say before I answer that question is HBCUs, we do the absolute best, in my opinion, of educating our folks. Amen. Uh, we, we, we do a phenomenal job of, of educating our people and the data supports, you know, supports that, you know, the number of black PhDs, you know, that come out of HBCUs, executives, entrepreneurs, judges, doctors, lawyers, dentists, pharmacists. And so the data is very clear there. Nine times out of 10, the HBCUs that have accreditation problems, nine times out of 10 is because of finances. So, you know, I want to make that very clear because, you know, when you lose your accreditation, and you feel like, you know, the education is substandard, that that in most cases is not the case, right? So in 2002, yes. we had some fiscal troubles um, with some financial aid issues and other fiscal, um, I guess, irresponsibility um, that ultimately resulted in the loss of accreditation. And so uh, at that time, I guess we were not able to obviously bounce back from that. And so we have been unaccredited. However, we have never closed. Morris Brown College still educates students. We currently have 42 students right now, um, several scheduled to graduate in the next uh, month or so. And, you know, our students still go on and are successful in life. You know, we have students who go on to graduate school. We have students who go on and they're very successful in their career. And so we're still in the business of educating our students. We are, however, um, uh, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, very, very focused on getting our accreditation back. And that is my top priority, uh, uh, having started as the uh, the new president here, interim president. Yes, thank you for explaining that. Now, I just wanted to make sure that everybody had the the background for that, because I know at least for my school here at Bethune-Cookman, when, you know, we were having the problems that we were having for some time a lot of people were getting um a misinterpretation you know of accreditation and what exactly will ultimately happen to the school when that really isn't the case and you know i think it's important that people know because hearing that right off the back a lot of people jump to conclusions that aren't necessary half the time yeah. so, and you know when you lose your accreditation um in many cases, well, not in many cases, in in, the, in all cases, you lose access to federal uh, to federal financial aid funding, 
and you know most people understand that most of our students have to have that financial aid uh, to be able to go to college and so that can cripple a college when you lose your accreditation and you're not you don't have access to the federal financial aid um, and, and so that 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 can cripple a college and that's actually what happened to Morris Brown you know we went from 27 hundred students to probably a hundred students overnight almost. Right. And so um, it it can definitely cripple, cripple a college. Definitely. So I, you know, I wanted to go ahead and hop off that is because I wanted to go into the, to the real news, the real part of this story, the, the recent gains that you guys had to, to getting back your accreditation, you know, as you announced, it was, finally approved for the application. So I just wanted to go ahead and get into what happens now for Morris Brown College. Yes. So I will be flying up to Forest, Virginia uh, to meet with Trax, the credit, the crediting agency that we have selected um, to go through our orientation. And that is on April the 10th. Uh, I guess we're, we are going to go through everything that we're going to need to do uh, to do this process, which will include a self-evaluation study, um, a peer review study and you know they're going to go through and make sure that we're offering a quality education uh, that we are fiscally stable to operate as a college uh, that we have sufficient student resources student activities um, you know overall effective and, and smoothly operated college and so with accreditation it's, it's, it's a good thing you know because you have the opportunity to do us like I mentioned a self-evaluation but then also to be evaluated by your peers and um, uh, our accrediting agency tracks is approved by the United States Department of Education so then after we go through all of that uh, we will have the opportunity to become a candidate school which is a synonym for uh, pre-accreditation and once we get that pre-accreditation we will be eligible for financial aid Okay, and again, the full uh, accreditation process takes somewhere between three and five years. And so, of course, tracks will be following us to make sure that we're making gains and that we're um, uh, operating effectively and efficiently. And so that is overall the high level view of the process. Um, My number one focus right now is making sure that our finances are in order, because that is a huge part uh, of the application. You know, I've seen situations where colleges have raised millions and millions of dollars and they still were denied uh, uh, yes. their accreditation, <laughs> right? So that is a very, recent. very recently, right? And so that is a, uh, a high uh, uh, on my priority list to, to, to get that uh, under control. Okay. Um, I would like to ask you real quick. It just came to my head. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, you know, just as you mentioned, um, it has been shown that even if a college can come up with the funding, accreditation is not always secured, as we saw with the uh, recent situation of Bennett College and them raising well over their uh, their needed goal and still being denied at first. So I wanted to ask, do you think when it comes to sustaining accreditation the negative stigma that comes with hbcu sometimes you think that plays a part in the eyes of some of the accreditation agencies throughout the country no i don't i i don't think so and the reason why i say no is because 
mo- most of the HBCUs are accredited by SACs uh, here in the South, right? And okay. when you look at the numbers, 85% of the HBCUs are in good standing financially and academically and every other way, right? They're in good standing. So 85% yeah. is, is, is uh, you know, it's pretty good. So, I, you know, I, I don't think so. That, that's my personal opinion. I know it's others out there do, who have gone on record recently disagreeing with that and saying that HBCUs are being targeted. But I, I don't think so. I think that overall you have a standard and you have metrics and, and, and you meet those metrics. Now, regarding the student population that we work with, you know, a lot of them come from uh, lower income families, you know, et cetera. I mean, you do have varying variables that are involved. And, and I think maybe it should be a conversation around that. But ultimately, I, I don't think that anyone is purposely against HBCUs and purposely, uh, you know, being disingenuous with them. So that, that's my personal opinion. Okay. So... Um, thank you for answering that. Um, so I just wanted to also say, I remember when we first found out about the recent gains that you guys made towards your accreditation and we had posted it all on our social media, stuff like that. And we were getting so many responses from our followers, from future college students themselves, dreaming of one day going to Morris Brown College and, to see that was just spectacular. So I wanted to ask for all of those who were looking to one day go to Morris Brown College and go out to their dreams of graduating there, what all majors do you have available right now and where were you guys looking to expand in the next four years? Sure. Well, right now, as we start this accreditation process, we are going to deep dive into all of our majors to make sure that everything that we have is a good fit for, for where we are right now and the future direction that we're going. As of today, we have, we have three majors. Uh, we have a music program, psychology, and organization management. And like I just mentioned, we will be going through all of those to make sure that they're competitive and that they are a good fit for Morris Brown College. Uh, I do foresee that there will be some changes in those programs. Um, but as we start the process, we'll, we'll, you know, the different committees will come together and we'll have conversation regarding if we want to stay with those programs or maybe update them or change them. Okay, okay. And also, well, this really um, the last question, pretty much. Um, overall long term plans. We already discussed the uh, short term plans as far as where Morris Brown College is trying to go and where you're trying to take it. So what is the overall long term vision for Morris Brown College and sending back the greatness? Well that's very simple. First thing on my priority list is accreditation and fundraising. We need to raise the dollars needed to be able to show that we're fiscally stable to operate effectively and efficiently as a superior college. And so I want to resurrect, restore Morris Brown to greatness. Uh, We are, like I mentioned, still educating, um, but we want to make sure that we are not just educating, but we're uh, creating the future leaders of this country. And so that is the immediate uh, 12 to 18 month uh, plan. 
uh, to, again, like I mentioned, focus on accreditation and fundraising to make sure that we have superior programs, that we're competitive, and that we're, um, you know, helping students to meet their goals uh, regarding their career aspirations, regarding graduate school admissions, uh, and the like. And so we, are, we plan to not only be uh, an open HBCU, but one of the top uh, HBCUs and top uh, colleges in this country. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. It's an honor to have you on, to be honest with you. I'm so glad that I was able to get in touch with you and be able to get you on to tell the story. Because like I said, I think it's so, so needed. So many people need to know that Morris Brown is back alive like never before and ready to ascend back to the top and I love Absolutely. it. Thank um, you so much for having me on. And just one last thing. Anyone out there who's listening who is interested in supporting Morris Brown College, please feel free um, to help us financially with a donation. Any, nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. Um, oh yeah. Make yes, 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 yes. You yes, can visit our website morrisbrown.edu and if you're one of those millennials or individuals that likes to do things from your phone, we do have Cash App. You can Cash App us at dollar sign Restore Morris Brown. Dollar sign Restore Morris Brown. All right, all right. You guys heard it here first. And that includes our episode today for the HBCU Grad Audio Experience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, this is Todd. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Kaylin had with Dr. James. Um, we appreciate everyone who listens. Uh, we see a lot of you guys are listening, but you haven't rated us or you haven't subscribed to the podcast. Please do that. That helps with um, the algorithm where more people can hear what we have to say. So if you would do that, I'll really appreciate it. Subscribe to it. Tell someone that Tell someone about it. Tell someone this is the best HBCU podcast and rate us. We would appreciate a five, but if you don't think this podcast is worthy of a five and it's a one, that's okay too. So I appreciate you listening. Have a good day.